I'm Jen Schrader, and this is Behind the Springs, conversations with the people working for you in Colorado Springs, Olympic City, USA. The windy, warm weather is here, and it feels like it's here just a little earlier than usual. And so you might be tired of hearing about that elevated fire danger, but it's just the beginning as we head into the summer. And the information you're about to hear is important for everyone in our community to know. And I'm very fortunate to welcome Colorado Springs Fire Marshal Brett Lacey as my guest today. Thanks, Brett, for being with us. You're welcome, Jen. I appreciate it. And your return guest... Um, back for another conversation so that makes you a regular on Behind so the Springs. Regular. I don't know if we have a prize for that or anything, but uh, yay, you know, thank just you. Just being able to be in your presence is all I need. <laughs> I don't know about that, but thanks for being here. I appreciate it, and being in your presence is important because we need some of this information. We want to get it out to the public, and I feel like um, I speak for a lot of folks I know when I say it feels warmer, it feels windier than most years. Is that accurate technically? From your experience, or is it just feeling that way? Um, are we right to be feeling a little nervous? No, it's very accurate. And I will tell you, the entire administration of the fire department is very concerned. So uh, we talk about climate, right? And I don't want to get into the debate of what's creating the climate change or what's happening. I think that's happened since prehistoric days, that climate has changed. But w the weather patterns that we are seeing right now are extremely disturbing, and they have been for a number of years. And it just keeps getting worse. So drought is a very significant issue throughout the Rocky Mountain West and the Southwest. And as can be evidenced by the severe fires in New Mexico right now, um, we did not get the recovery with snowfall while we're up close to 100 percent. We didn't we get that spring snow. We didn't get right? the spring moisture that we typically do. The mountains have maintained about average, a little bit below, perhaps. Um, but the wind this year, as everybody knows, has been crazy. And the lower relative humidity, coupled with the wind, plus the increase in temperatures very early on in May, as we've been talking about, are big concerns. Because we, we had some good moisture last spring, if everybody remembers, and the grasses were like on steroids. They took off, didn't know what to do, because we were kind of dry the year before. Mm -hmm. And they shot up. And if you look around town, that old grass is very dry and brittle right now, but it's still standing tall because we didn't get any good snows to really knock it down. Mm -hmm. And that just creates a massive fuel bed of very flashy, what we call flashy fuels. And that's stuff is burning now as we have fires basically every day and our concern is that's going to get into some of the heavier timber and, and no different what happened in boulder we can suffer similar occurrences out east where we have more grass than we do vegetation on the like in the wild and urban interface so it this is a scary year for all of us in the fire department and we in our meetings have been trying to inform the public to be very very careful and be aware of that risk and the dangers and speaking of that, you have um, been hosting several meetings across the city to educate different neighborhoods about the fire risk. So that includes ways to prepare their home, you know, what they need to know. And of course, it's it's good that you pointed out it's not just people up against the mountains this year. Right. And that's a citywide issue. So what happened up in Boulder, I, while the report's not out yet and we don't have all the information, I, I think it's pretty easy to see that that became an urban conflagration. Um, so if you, if studying fire as the nerd I am, so you go back in time, you could go back to 
during the San Francisco earthquake. Uh, fires were started as a result of different things from the earthquake, but that spread through the entire city, the Great Chicago Fire, Great Fire of London. So uh, urban conflagrations are nothing new. Um, and so when you get, basically what we found through Waldo was when one house ignites and that house begins burning, um, that spews millions of embers. And those embers from one house typically ignite the way we construct our communities, five to six more houses. Wow. Um, and then that becomes an exponential effect, which is what the Marshall Fire had happened the same with Waldo Canyon. So the the wildfire, if we manage our fuels and take care of those things as we're talking in the meetings, um, that minimize our chances. What we don't want is home ignitions because if we have home ignitions, then we're getting real far behind the eight ball. And uh, that's what we try to protect against because that becomes much more difficult as time goes on. And I know in some of these meetings, you're sharing tips and things like that for homeowners. How are those meetings going so far? I think they're going exceptional. We're having very good attendance. The big focus that the chief and I and, of course, my community education outreach section run by Sunny Smaldino, we talked about um, early last year was trying to develop a program because our concerns really were for the public regarding evacuations. So we talk about mitigation issues. Most of this presentation is talking about preparedness, thinking about it now in advance of the fire. Because what continues to hit everybody in the, in the nation with wildfire is they, we're Americans, right? We become apathetic. It's, it's terrible that happened to that community or those people. I'm glad it won't happen here. And we don't prepare. We don't think it will ever happen until it happens. And then at that point, we are so far behind because we've not prepared. We've not thought about it. Um, and so that was the push of these meetings was to really try to shake people at the core and understand, look, this is your responsibility. It's not people too want to say it's the fire department's responsibility or it's your problem as the fire department. It's like, absolutely not. Our responsibility is to protect lives and property and in that order. But this is a community problem that we need everyone that is living in the hazardous area. So the wild and urban interface, the wooey, as we call it, or even out in the prairie which we call the Pooey, the Prairie Urban I don't know space. about that one. <laughs> the, the kids love it, though. Um, so, the, But it's the, important for everyone to be, they need to, to, to be prepared. About. And the, the other thing is, um, you know, we've heard a lot about how, how and which way you're going to evacuate. And while I understand the importance of that, it's also a matter of are you ready to evacuate? Because if you're not, you're, you're not going to do that in a timely fashion because you're going to be panicked looking around for what do I need and where do I go and what do I do? And so you're not, you're not doing that, that um, preparation. Right. And so the, the things that you were absolutely perfectly hitting on, one of the things, people that have m multiple pets. So we're talking about, hey, how are you going to get those? Because typically when people have pets and they're going to take them to the vet, they'll take the dog or the cat, but not at the same time. Right. Because they don't get along, maybe, right? right? And there's stuff that happens. So it's like, how are you going to be prepared when this happens to make sure your kennels are close by, that you can get everybody in? Uh, the other thing is taking one car. We have a large number of individuals in the community who think it's unreasonable for us to expect um, people not to want to take their belongings in their cars. Well, uh, the, the steps are uh, basically, if we're saying ready, 
that's when you need to be thinking about the evacuation and being prepared. Who in the family, where are you going to go? Who are you going to notify? What stuff do you need to take? And we what do you do if one person's home and one person's at work? Exactly. It's okay. not time to think about it when we say evacuate. And then the set piece is basically when we say you're on pre-evacuation warning. And that point, you should be really ready to leave right then because we're telling you there is a fire that is approaching and we are not necessarily certain when that's going to be you need to be making the preparations to get the car ready have everything in there because when we and so if you want to get rid of your bikes and your trailer and your boat that's the time to, to move that stuff across town and get it out when we say evacuate evacuation is the critical piece of information that everybody needs to be paying attention to. when we say that that means you leave now it's not that you start packing stuff and get ready to go then when we say evacuate we are not kidding that that is a life safety issue and you have to go then. I know people are listening to this and they're going, yeah, I know, I got it. But the, if they did have it, then we wouldn't have the issues that we have when there are evacuations. You're right. They're not as prepared as they claim to be. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of know where my documents are. I'll be fine. And, that, and when we say evacuate, it's not the time to be collecting that. So we had people right. during Waldo that were at work. We had had a fire burning up there for five days, right? And we put out the evacuation notice. People were then leaving work to go home to pack their stuff to leave. We have changed our process now. And when we say evacuate, PD is going to be working to cordon off the entrance. So we're not letting people in. So if you're at work, if you have not taken steps to plan for that, if your kids are at home after school, what is your plan? What are they going to do? You should know a neighbor, family member that lives close by. What are they? Because you're not going to get back up. We are not going to increase the population during the evacuation phase to just try to pull everybody out again. Right. Evacuate means you leave immediately. And so it, it is those type of messages that we are trying to impart in everybody and really get them to understand because um, it is a critical year right now. And wouldn't you agree it's been long enough from Waldo Canyon and Black Forest Fire that many of our listeners maybe not even know that much about. Um, but you and I, or people who've lived here a long time, do know about it. But enough time has gone by where, like you said, we tend to get a little complacent and comfortable and think that we're in the clear some for some reason. Exactly. We've been having a lot of people we're talking to. Oddly enough, a lot of people are moving from Florida. So people are stepping up in the meetings and asking questions. They're familiar with hurricane evacuations. Okay. But they're new to the wildland urban interface, which I'm glad to see them attending the meetings. But as you're saying, they're unfamiliar. And we know from past uh, studies, we basically turn over about 12% of our population a year. Right? So if you figure 10 years, we've had a significant influx of new people over time yes. that don't know those lessons, didn't live through that. And need the education. And they need the awareness and the education. And more importantly, they really need to, as my tagline is for our wildfire mitigation group, share the responsibility. I, I try to contrast the difference. People ask, well, how many firefighters do you have? Well, we have 23 fire stations. That means there's 23 fire engines that carry water and hose around town. We have 35,100 plus addresses in the wildland urban interface. Doing the math, you're going to understand quickly. I mean, that doesn't, when we have an incident, it doesn't stop the traffic accidents, the heart attacks, the other medical issues that we are responding on or the other fires in town. But we are not going to have all 24 of those fire engines at everybody's house 
when we have a wildfire event. And so understanding that and that if, if we just said one person lived in each of those 35,000 addresses, that's an army of 35,000 people that can help us share the responsibility to prepare, be aware, have a plan, and do what we ask when we ask. And speaking of mitigation, let me ask you another question about um, the ballot issue in 2021. For those not familiar, the city was asked was asking voters, can we retain and spend $20 million to be used solely for wildfire mitigation and prevention? So it did not increase or create new taxes, but it rather allowed you all at the fire department to oversee that 2021 revenue that exceeded those spending limitations. So talk about what is happening and will happen with that money. So can. I will. And, and I'm going to back up just a little more on that very good question because the mayor uh, participates and I go with him to the Wildland Fire Leadership Council, which is a, a national group in, involving uh, secretaries of uh, defense, uh, secretaries of the interior, Department of Agriculture. A lot of people it get together. Is that annual? Quarterly, we okay. meet oh, okay. and talk about the wildfire issue specifically and what we do. And the mayor represents the National League of Cities. But with that, that group is aggressively trying to figure out how to deal with the national wildfire problem. That is a setup for the fact that I could not be more proud of this community and the voters, the mayors and councils' idea to put that on the ballot. Because, number one, many communities throughout the country cannot figure out how to do wildfire mitigation to the depth and detail that we do in Colorado Springs. We are an example for many, many communities throughout the country. And that is a flattering thing because of the people that share the responsibility with us, right? They come here and they're mystified. They want to go back and start a program, but they don't know how to do it because it takes intensive work. And as you know, we've been doing this for over 20 years now. <clears throat> and the fact that the community banded together to set aside $20 million for us to continually work on every year to do mitigation is blowing the minds of many people nationally, let alone the communities, but also in federal government because of the participation that the citizens of Colorado Springs have, have uh, enjoined to participate by allowing that money. So... That's I, awesome. I so now we that. become a real big example. Uh, it's a huge example. And and that the citizens banded together to do that is the most flattering thing I can think of. Um, I want to accept part of that gratitude in the fact that we have proven uh, that we will do the work given the resources. And we continue to do that. So to your question, right now we have uh, basically been allotted $1 million, as you read the ballot language, what we'd like to do is take the interest off of that and continue to work for as many years as we can. But obviously, uh, governmental um, funds will not be invested like we do for our retirement, right? They're not going to have big returns. So uh, we can get up to 5% of that balance, as was laid out in the budget uh, or in the ballot language. And so this year, we've been allotted a million dollars. We have already added uh, a third chipping crew because the demand for free chipping that we provide to the community, as long as they do the work in cleaning up and limbing up to do wildfire mitigation, will come up and chip all of their debris. The, the demand is so strong that we needed desperately to add that third crew, which we were able to with that money. Which is great. People are doing the work. It's phenomenal. And, and we've, we're on a record pace 
The funny thing is, is all communities will speak to when there's smoke in the air or fire nearby, that energizes people. We've had fires around us, but not really the smoke in the air, so to speak. And, and the participation continues to blow out of the water the last year's record on the amount of mitigation done. So that's huge. But because of that, we've had a third crew. We've had to buy additional chipper, additional dump truck. So we're getting that equipment out of there, but we just met with the committee, the Citizens Advisory Committee, and their uh, decisions as we laid out what we thought of our priorities. We're going to be doing some very significant open space work. Um, so down in that area that was recently uh, acquired through TOPS around NORAD and the State Park and up above Broadmoor Resort communities, we're going to be doing a, a very large project area there working, doing some more uh, work up above the zoo. The intent is connecting in with old project work that we have done with mitigation. What we want to do is try to create a big buffer all the way around the city on that wildland side um, to allow us to modify the way fire is going to behave if it comes moving into that. We want it on the ground, not in the trees. And so the committee gave us the green light, and we are going to begin doing work. We're going to be going out to bid. We should be able to actually start doing the active mitigation off of that funding, aside from the chipping work we're already doing, um, probably within two to three months. Oh, and, great. And so this we, summer. We're going. Mm -hmm. we, we're poised. We've got a lot of priorities in our community wildfire protection plan, and the committee is very engaged. They're, they're collaborating super well. I couldn't be prouder of that group. And, and so, again, I, my thanks goes to the community because allowing us the resources to get after that is going to improve quality of life, not just for the community, but protect untold lives and property along that side, including our crews. Very important because the great strategy and <coughs> tactics are awesome, but not much without the funding. Right. So it's really important. Um, okay, so let's go over some things that we can all remember to do right away. So, <laughs> I mean, these like little tips that are good reminders for everybody. Um, calling in when people see smoke. Can you right. talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, everybody knows we have a very large population of those experiencing homelessness. And while the restrictions we currently have are in place, that prohibits any kind of open burning in any of the grassy or brushy areas. Okay. And because that community tends to live there, regrettably, but we can't allow them to have warming fires. And so the public is doing a good job of notifying us if they see smoke, uh, because that's where we're experiencing a lot of our more significant wildland fires right now are in those areas along the creek beds. But yes, sometimes that can be right up against the highway and right uh, in and, dangerous and, spots and very dangerous spots. The other thing is, again, it ties back to sharing the responsibility. I'm asking all 35,000 residents that live up there to be very mindful of what's going on in their neighborhoods. And as soon as you see smoke, please call us. It, it's one thing to get up there and find out it's a benign issue. But if we have something starting early, particularly in the, the situation of weather that we're we've been in this week and we're certainly going to be in today. Um, the quicker we can jump on that, the better it's going to be. So that active participation using 35,000 detectors is really, really important for us to, to get on fire as soon as possible. And then if people want to know more about their own neighborhood's risk or, um, you know, just, you know, mitigation tips that you may have for them, those community meetings are a great way to do that. And then also I wanted to mention the website that you all have put together called wildfireready.org. Great kind of home base right right um, all things wildfire mitigation are on there tons of information there's checklists yeah the checklists prepare. are great 
knowing what to do, how to prepare for the evacuation, what to do when we call for an evacuation, how to get your property assessed, how to look at our risk map. Um, all of that information is on that website, and I strongly encourage everybody to sit down and look at that, take a gander, and pull out those things that you find of interest that you're not aware of. And, because, and, and that is a dynamic page that we can continue to add information as we're doing. So we're going to be putting up frequently asked questions that are coming out of the community meetings. Great. They will be building that. So people, because we, we all talk about it, right? If there's one question, there's 10 of the same question. So if you can't make those meetings, right, you website. can look there and okay. get answers to a lot of those. And, and following you all, following the Colorado Springs Fire Department on social media is another great idea because then you can stay up to date on you know, grass fires or risk levels or, you know, whatever it might be that you're putting out on a daily basis. Um, when you go to call um, 911, if you see smoke, sometimes it's helpful to check that social media first to say, okay, they're already responding to that grass fire. I don't need to call 911 and so right. forth. It's just, that's another good Paying source. Paying attention to that information, right? All the social media platforms, as well as, I, you know, linking in and you can get the Twitter feed as well as Facebook from our Wherever you officer. get your news is a great place to follow Colorado right. Springs Fire. You guys are everywhere. Literally. Thank goodness. You're everywhere. But, yes. But, but you can't be everywhere. Well. Yep. That's right. true. So That's that information is critically important. Um, I, I know we have a lot of kind of confusion about fire danger and what's a red flag and all of those things. So we talk about that at those meetings as well. Some of the, the differences in the verbiage, right? The media will talk about, and they use a lot of adjectives. Maybe it's extremely critical fire danger days. And uh, so if you look at our signs, we go from low to extreme. Okay. And so we've been at very high for a while. Um, we utilize within the city of Colorado Springs specific measurements and indicators based on fuel moisture. We average uh, temperatures, activity, how are our local cooperators, state cooperators. That all factors into determining how we establish our danger here. So the, the media is trying to communicate to a broad range of people from the Palmer Divide down to the New Mexico state line, right? And then east and west. So they have to speak in terms of a very broad audience where if you're really curious about what's going on in town, we provide that on the website and specific to all the signs that are up around fire department facilities, that'll tell you what the local fire danger is. Okay, that's great. Good information. We could go on and on, huh? Yeah, I probably need to be quiet. No, you don't need to be quiet. It's good. <laughs> These are good tips. I really appreciate it. And hoping for the best this summer. And I think you've shared a good message, which is, a lot of people become complacent, but at the same time, we've got a community that is invested in protecting our city from wildfire. So that's a good thing. We've got Very a lot of people thing. who understand the importance of it. And the fire department and the police department want to do the right thing for the public. We, Waldo Canyon hurt all of us. Very. It wasn't just the community that was impacted. That was a tremendous insult and it greatly affected all of our public safety responders. And we don't want to see that tragedy happen again. And so... We're very vested in trying to protect everybody as best we can, but we truly need the public's help to do that. We cannot do it on our own. Okay, Brett, thanks. Thanks for all you do. Thank you. Wildfireready.org is the website, so we hope that you'll visit that and attend one of those meetings. Be fire wise. Thanks for listening, everybody.